fascinating gadgets, gizmos, and gear-based technologies. Welcome to FGGGBT. Now, this is the show that takes your favorite fictional science and technology. We make it a reality. We are the Brain Trust. I am the analytical mastermind, Daniel J. Glenn. With me, the physics phenom, Dr. Michael Dennon. Dan, it is so great to be here. You know, I feel like having picked this movie to do, it's brought us that much closer to the Nobel Prize in physics. We've already solved mm -hmm. the physics of cartoon worlds with the fun-on um, mm -hmm. and the humor-on <laughs> and all of the other ons, and I think we're just mm -hmm. going to take it to the next level, clinching our Nobel Prize. If there was a Nobel Prize in uh, fake physics uh, with a PH, P-H-A-K-E physics, I think we would I think we would capture it for sure. We'd definitely be uh, the, the team, you know, uh, we, we rival Watson and Crick, yeah. I think, uh, in reality. Uh, but there's one man who is both Watson and Crick, and that is our enigmatic engineer, Ben Seepser. Ben, what are you working on up there on the brain station? You know, Dan, this week, I'm having a serious existential crisis up here. You know, am I Ben or just a Ken? This is some heavy stuff, Dan, that I, I really need to think about. <laughs> Don't worry, Ben. I'm, I'm with or you. Or am I As Watson a, or Crick? Are you Watson? Are you Crick? Uh, well, I may become a Ken with you as we talk about the Barbie world. You know, I wouldn't call myself a Barbie girl living in a Barbie world. But as we started, as I was watching this movie, I saw what it could be like. You know, uh, Barbie might be the next, you know, no one knows what FGGBT stands for anyway. You might as well make, it about, make one of the Bs about Barbie. Uh, so, you know, this is a really fun movie, guys. The Barbie movie was such a surprise to me. Uh, as the master of film and television, there are so many great little Easter eggs here, not the least of which is that 2001 A Space Odyssey homage at the beginning. Uh, this is a lot of fun. It's got Toy Story vibes. You know, uh, this is this is a great movie. I don't know. What did you guys think when at uh, first viewing? Oh, I absolutely loved it. I mean, one of the things about it, I, uh, first of all, I read a funny LA Times article where it's been listed as the most analyzed movie of all time within like, you know, a month of being out. Um, but I'd say Citizen I, Kane might yeah, be. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean that was a stretch. I realized, years but, on it, yeah. But yeah. certainly, Citizen Kane did not come out with um, social media. So if you count social media analysis, no, Dan, um, I no. think I think it has a shot. Um, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had um, like I really, really enjoyed the smart comedy of it. To me. Mm -hmm. Comedy is best when the comedy is real and genuine and I laugh and I can enjoy it. And there is just that right level of social commentary. I happen to love mm -hmm. social commentary, satire. I don't even mind short preachiness as long as it's targeted and well done. <laughs> no, I mean, sure. I just it's a weird thing, yeah. right? And I feel sure. like the comedies I've been watching lately have all mm -hmm. been only goofy comedies, which I also okay. do enjoy, but for a complete, I feel takes less... Um, a bad comedy takes a lot less work. A really, really good comedy is, I think, one of the hardest things to both write and act in. It's almost harder than drama, I feel like. Um, and I think this movie really nailed it. And I could just go on and on and on, Dan, but I know that is not really the point of the show. So yeah, I, I was will, just about to I, stop you. Yeah. I will stop there. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, look, all that's fair. I mean, comedy is definitely 
more difficult. And I will say that, you know, I think the perception, what's interesting about this movie to me is that the perception was it's about empowering women and showing that's kind of what Barbie stands for. Right. But this Mm. movie, this movie made me really not only appreciate the patriarchy, but be really happy that I'm, I'm living in one. I don't know. What do you think, Ben? You seem to be a fan of the patriarchy. I mean, I, I would I would say I don't know about being a fan of it. I mean, certainly it's the it's the unfortunate double standard we live in, and I, I certainly get some benefits out of it. Some, but <laughs> probably many. Uh, <laughs> but but I think yeah. I think what's really interesting is just seeing that you know it would be the pure matriarchy isn't great either, um, right? And so, you know, it'd be great if we had actual equality. And I think that to some degree is the message of the movie in that, you know, there's the we we see these two worlds, one that's like totally woman dominated, one that's generally speaking, totally male dominated. Um, and we need to find some, you know, meeting in the middle, you know, perhaps Venice Beach, uh, where it all, it'll <laughs> I think all that's the place out. to be. If you're gonna look, if you're gonna meet in a weird world, Venice Beach is the place to do it. Uh, but I think that's right, you know, and I think that speaks to the comedy, which is, you know, when we start showing stereotypes that we could all laugh at. Well, you know, we live in, you know, this this particular. I'm gonna say this gen, this younger generation, they're they're, they're so thin skinned, and I think that everyone's tr- everyone's looking to take offense by everything, and I think comedy is. By design, it's supposed you're supp- it's supposed to be slightly offensive because it's pointing out things that maybe you should look at, and I think this movie does a great job of making fun of kind of everybody. Where you're kind of like, mm-hmm. hey, we're all being really silly here. You know, why don't we why don't we dial it back? You know, yeah. I mean, uh, so I, I really I did I did really enjoy that, uh, and I will tell you, we're gonna get more into this later, but. The amount of research that they did into Barbie history that makes its way into this movie in really fun, interesting ways is is pretty cool. So I give them a a big thumbs up for that. But there's pocket worlds. You know, that's not there's no two ways about this. There's there's the Barbie world. You know, there's reality. uh, And even Mattel, who runs Barbie, has its own strange world. So so we're going to start with Barbie world, guys. And this seems to be at least it's presented as the perfect like female utopia, you know, I mean, there's women everywhere, uh, you know, every night it's girls night forever, you know, Um, and it makes me wonder, like, what is perfection? Like, is this perfection or is this just comfort? Because I'm not sure that classic Barbie loves it as much or she does because she hasn't been exposed to really anything else. You know, I loved your question there, Dan, what is perfection? Because mm-hmm. I think that is something we all struggle with, right? This tension between wanting everything to work, right? Mm-hmm. Which seems to be the sort of starting point of the world, right? Every day is perfect. Every day is happy, um, mm-hmm. you know, and everything is pink. Um, and it just <laughs> right. keeps going. Um, sure. And then the existential crisis enters. Mm-hmm. And and I do, I do think we always struggle with that. Like, is perfection just always being happy or somehow that does that version of perfection does seem to often fall short in literature yeah. in movies mm-hmm. in art and we really question what is perfection and i don't have an answer dan but i just love mm-hmm. that question i think you're <laughs> right and i think the movie yeah. asked it in a very interesting way yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think so cuz this is presented as perfection but it it kind of isn't, you know, yeah. uh, and and I think, 
you know, I think when you start to question and have other ideas come in, that is really what life is. Life isn't just about like hanging out and, you know, with your friends all the time, every night and not doing anything else or not yeah. thinking about anything else, you know? So I think there is, I think that that is true uh, because I was, you know, I wondered, you know, Barbie, you know, what would a He-Man universe look like, right? <laughs> like, would I think that that is the perfect universe? You know, um, probably mm. not, but a He-Man universe, Ben, I think you've got to be with me on this. That would be pretty cool too. It, it would be cool. You know, you get to fight Skeletor and mm -hmm. all those fun folks. Mm -hmm. I mean, but if, if we're picking Mattel worlds, you know, I, I think I might go with, you know, the Thomas and Friends, <laughs> you know, a world where our trains are both um, intelligent beings, but also there's trains everywhere, which I think would be a pretty big improvement <laughs> on our current situation. <laughs> yeah. I just would love to be able to, you know, transform from, you know, a prince into a warrior with a sword. Uh, and also wear like a furry pair of underwear is kind of, you know, like where that's where I'm at. You so, know, so Dan, I, at. I think we've reached our, our point in our relationship of this podcast that we're learning more about you than we wanted to. Um, we learned about Ben and I early on. And now the, the, the new you is coming out. And, you know, people have probably watched our dream episode by now. And I really hope I'm not dreaming about you in furry underwear. <laughs> we go forward from this. I'm trying to do dream incubation on you. I want you to yeah. only dream about either me in furry underwear or you in furry underwear. Okay. Um, also, I didn't mention that this show is sponsored by Johnson's Furry Underwear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, uh, when you talk about, like, dream worlds and pocket universes based on other systems, Dan, I mean, mm -hmm, you mentioned yeah. He-Man. And it made me immediately think of the Netflix reboot of She-Ra, which people should go mm -hmm. back and watch our episode on, because as yep. we send out subtle subliminal messages here, it's really yep. about watching all of the FGGBT episodes. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Because that's yeah. actually a universe I think of, I, I think I would really enjoy, because it has a nice blend of magic, danger, a little tension, but as we talked about, people getting along. <laughs> Which, right. You know me. I'm a people person. Um, you certainly uh, are. To talk about another episode, my way of winning in the Hunger Games was to bring us all together as a team. Um, right. So yeah, I've got two episodes in already, Dan. Let's see how many we can get today. Right. Well, two. And Dan, you're forgetting the gadgets and engineering in Shira, which is yes, truly the best part of the <laughs> of the property and world there. Yeah, ab absolutely. You know, and and so, but th there worlds we, we could find fun things in every world, and this one also seems to be, you know, uh, the way it's structured is interesting, right? Because. The way the world works, it's like as if there is an invisible hand guiding everyone, <laughs> pulling them off of play sets, opening yeah. play sets, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of ways it seems also to be powered by imagination. You know, there there's, you know, some kind of uh, kind of like the Lego movie. There's someone's imagination seems to be the driving force on on what's happening here. And there's this strange connection dare I misuse the word entanglement between <laughs> this world, the Barbie world and the real world. Th there's a connection. You know, we see weird Barbie who's this, this doll that's mistreated in reality. And that manifests itself as a strange kind of kooky Barbie in this world. So there is a connection. And I think that that connection is nuanced and different than anything else we've talked about. It really is. You mentioned entanglement, and there is a sense you would first go to quantum entanglement. We've talked about that a lot in this show, how like all electrons are one electron and you have a wave function that uh, you know sort of covers them all. And it, it is an interesting feature of the world that there's only one of each type of Barbie. Um, mm -hmm. I really like um, to just 
keep the episode counter going at number three, our Lord of the Rings episode. We talked a lot mm-hmm. about brains, B-R-A-N-E, not B-R-I-N. <laughs> Or mm-hmm. A-I-N, however you spell yeah. it. And not uh, B-R-A-N. Yeah, not brand. Exactly. We're not the brand trust. We're not the brand right, trust. Right. right. Yeah. Um, but there's the sort of these parallel dimensions where what ha- leaks through is gravity in the physics models. Um, it, this sort of reminds me of that. Trying to understand what is the force that leaks across is, I think, the challenge, the physics that needs to be solved. But I, I like the idea more of a leaking force than a quantum entanglement because it really is its own dimension. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really worry. You know, we're talking about weird Barbie. I'm, I am so worried that there's like a your brother melted at Barbie. <laughs> you know, like I hope, I hope yeah. it's it is Gloria America Ferrer's character's imagination, and she never had a jerk brother who like you know burned her Barbies on the stove or something. <laughs> yeah, that would be. That's pretty well. It also, you know, that's interesting because then that would imply that this is only America Ferrera's or her imagination right and so it's yeah. like you know there's a lot of you know theories of you know uh that our reality is really we are the dreams of a god a sleeping god right and right. and so in some ways this is the the dream of a waking god if they are connected to one person and her imagine her imagination and how that powers the world i mean that's an interesting concept as well well, I do think it could go that way, and I like that, and I like the individual God. There's always this reverse idea of we as humans collectively, it is our level of intent and imagination that maintains the gods. Um, going mm-hmm. to a famous Star Trek episode, of which we did many FGG episodes, um, mm-hmm. where you know Mars or Apollo, I think it's Apollo, is the only god left. All the others have given up because humans stopped worshiping them, but they were actually real beings on a planet who were powered by our thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. And so this idea is very common, I think, Dan, in mythology. I'm, I, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by something you said because Mattel mm-hmm. is its own pocket building. I, yes. I want to split the difference here, and maybe it's not just her imaginations, but if you're in the Mattel building, your imagination okay. gets connected to the Barbie world. So there might yeah. be something to explore there. Yeah, I, I mean, it could be like the lead Barbie designer. I don't know if she's the lead Barbie designer, but... Uh, you know, if you think about, you know, Mattel says they're aware of the Barbie world. Like th- these leaks have happened before. Yeah. So I'm curious if they've taken steps to lock it down and enforce, th- enhance the connection between the two worlds. And maybe before the leak was because it was all children's imaginations that mm. were driving Barbie land. And maybe Mattel, you know, locked that down so they could have a better you know, better stake of what was going on. Better, better control over everything. Well, then, yeah. you know, I, I really like this idea of, you know, we bring it into existence. You know, I mean, there's also, you know, tulpas have become very popular, you know, in, in the past, you know, 10, 15 years. Uh, and those are bas- basically creatures that never existed. People started believing in them and then they came into existence. The the Thin Man, I think is, uh, I think it's called the Thin Man, uh, is this famous urban, you know, urban legend that kind of, developed this this idea but tulpas have gone that concept's gone back you know hundreds and th- thousands of years uh, i think that that's kind of interesting because you know uh, i'm gonna misuse quantum stuff but i mean it takes an observer right you know yes. if you're gonna mm-hmm. and, and if you if observation you know belief in something could be considered an observation so only when you observe a god and, and admit its existence, does it in fact exist? Other than that, it's still, then it just exists in the quantum state if you don't observe it. No, uh, did, I think, I just, did, I just, did I just solve religion? 
You, you probably did, Dan. Or you solved human's existence. God finally observed us and we all popped or, into yes. existence. Right? Or, yeah, or mm. solved human. Right. Again, yeah. we don't know which direction it's going, but you have the basic solution. <laughs> but it's, I solved something. You solved something. But, yeah. you know, it is a core fundamental problem of quantum that we don't actually have a theory of measurement and observation. And yeah. in the theory right now, it has this very outsized role where a lot of things don't happen until you observe it. And so people do wonder, like, what is the measurement that allowed the Big Bang to happen, the evolution of the planets? Because if we mm -hmm. really believe there was no consciousness around at the beginning because right. there wasn't anything, then right. how did it all happen? Like, so what is a mm -hmm. measurement? What is right. belief? What really generates existence is a yeah. deep philosophical question. And I think quantum has caused some of that challenge. Well, it, because that quantum for me, what I what I what's interesting about it is a it's super weird. No one seems to understand it, but it seems more like a philosophy than a set of scientific standards, right? Like you've told me that even you don't really understand quantum because no one really does. Yeah. So it's it feels more like a philosophy than like Newton, where like you know you know force equals mass times acceleration i think i got that right is that right no you did right. awesome cool. yeah. nailed it all right a while. Well, i will just tell you real quickly my yeah. first quantum mechanics course i took the professor made it very clear this class is about how to calculate things with quantum mechanics if you want to have a discussion how to understand quantum mechanics that is only done in the pub over a pint of beer yeah. <laughs> that seems to be the only place for it for sure yeah i, I never got to take quantum physics but the the section the quantum section in my regular physics class you know, it, it, it's it's just weird stuff, and and all we really know is how to use it, not so much why it's happening. Yeah, yeah. but it opens itself up to really interesting interpretations like this. You know, yeah. and mm -hmm. so it may not, maybe it doesn't guide the rules here, um, but but I think there's always you know it's it's involved it's always involved in the background. I think it is. Uh, but but this world, the Barbie world, does have its own unique set of, of rules, kind of right. I mean, the buildings open up like play sets. Uh, there's only one. Barbie doll or Ken doll or Alan or Midge. There's only one instance per doll, meaning that like if you have, you know, classic Barbie, there's only one classic Barbie, it's not a bunch of them. There's only right. one, you know, um, baby uh, with, with pregnant Midge. You know, there's only right, yeah. one of those, right? And so that's interesting. There's no doubles. And that everyone is a Barbie or a Ken. You know, or an Allen mm -hmm. or a Midge. Like, that's also super interesting. And even their their physics is kind of cartoon-like. I think, you know, uh, Ken goes to catch a wave, um, you know, beach <laughs> Ken, catch a wave. Then he goes, yeah. you know, flying through the air, and it doesn't quite work out that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, pain isn't real food. There's no real food. They take showers without water. It's, it's, it's wild here. Uh, the rules are crazy, you know, and I think that's all tied to the structure we talked about earlier. It is, Dan, and it really makes me wonder if I'm living in a world similar to the Barbie world, because every episode I drink water from my mug and, and there is no water. <laughs> um, what? So I, I don't know if an FGGPT mug is actually living in two universes and has its own pocket universe. I recommend yeah. buying your own and doing your own experiments. Well, whether, you're, whether you are Barbie or a Barbie fan, it seems perfectly suited for either reality or the Barbie world. <laughs> Well, all I know is if you're a Ken and your job is beach, you need a water bottle with you yep. because it, it's hot out there and you don't want sand gain in your drink like it would with a mug. You need something closed like a water bottle. Well, and I don't know what the effects of sun are on, you know, 
Barbie skin, but you're going to want a shirt. And we've got lots of shirts, you know, over <laughs> at the FGGBT merch store to protect you from that Barbie world sun. Uh, FGGBT.com forward slash merch is the place to do that. Uh, but the place to understand, you know, how to get, you know, speaking of places, let me do that. That's a better segue. Speaking of places, I'll get one of these. Uh, going from one place to the other is also really interesting here, right? You have a situation where you have these weird rules in the Barbie world, but also there is a, a basic, a common way, uh, a common, let's say it's common knowledge, how to go from the Barbie world to reality. You know, um, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's, a, it's a strange, you know, mix and it takes a while, but you can do it and do it pretty easily. No, you can. I will just correct you, Dan. I feel like it wasn't quite common knowledge. Classic Barbie did have to go on a, her own little mini quest to figure okay. it out and get, get yeah. the and and the head of Mattel knew it, but none of the minions. Um, mm -hmm. right. right. So there there is a, a selectivity to this knowledge, but the well, more people knew that more people knew that than I think know the Coke recipe or the KFC recipe, which that may be true, before. which we talked yeah. about in a previous episode. So I think right. we're up to six. I don't know. I've lost count. <laughs> I think we're at six now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what I love about it is it, it, it actually is, I think, connected, like you said, to a lot of the, the physics of, of the world itself. Right. The world is acting like someone is moving Barbie around, doing things Barbie can float down from her mm -hmm. house. Right. And the path between the worlds seems to evolve, involve a lot of toy playing, you know, the sort of mm -hmm. things you would do with a doll yes, as right. you get there. Right. Changing it from being in a car to a boat, putting on its roller skates and playing with it that way. So right. there is, a, I think, a deep connection between the path between the worlds and the mm -hmm. way the world behaves. And again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about Mattel having this on lockdown. Um, the, the folks in, in Barbie land can come out because when they, I guess, kind of realize they're a toy or whatever, uh, they're able to get out of there. But also, only the Mattel people really are able to go to Barbie land. Um, you know, mm -hmm. you don't see the, you know, Jay Random uh, rollerblader on the Venice boardwalk happening into Barbie land. Right. Which, you know, all, all the Mattel folks had to do was rollerblade on the Venice boardwalk and they ended up in Barbie land eventually. <laughs> right. But clearly that's not happening to everyone that's rollerblading there because a lot of people rollerblade there. Yeah. Well, you could have like, you know, uh, a platform 43 and two thirds or whatever it is in <laughs> Harry Potter. Like sure. you could have a situation where if you know about it, you know, like it's, you know, some I mean, kind I of way to I think that's exactly in. what it is. The Mattel people know, you know, you have to skate on this crack while thinking about wanting yeah. to be a Barbie or something, right. you know, or maybe yeah. there's a garage door clicker that, you know, we don't see, but yeah. either way, there's something going on there that requires intention to make that trip. No, I, I like that. I do also like the homage I felt. It could have been totally accidental. You have Will Farrow as the head of Mattel mm -hmm. and the path to Barbie land felt a lot like the path of the journey of Elf um, from the North Pole, um, mm. you know, down to our mm -hmm. world and to New York. Um, and there are a lot of elf themes in Christmas, and we have some great Christmas episodes for those who've missed them. So I would just recommend watching those. We sure, we sure do. And also, you know, you mentioned being able to go from Venice and open this portal through very random events. You know, we did a whole episode on I forget the name of the movie, but we called it the Everything Bagel. And, you know, very random 
highly improbable events could trigger these types of openings yes. if uh, utilized mm -hmm. properly. Uh, I will come up with that movie by the end of this episode. I promise Everything you. Everything everywhere all at once. There you go. Thank you. Everything everywhere all at once. That's right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this travel, you know, it, it is really, you know, a, a planes, trains and automobiles kind of situation where you have yep, to go, yeah. you know, from rollerblading to, you know, uh, a car to a rocket ship, you know. And so there's there's a complex you know, a complex path between the two places. It's not just super easy, but then you get, then, you know, you, they go from Barbie land to reality and lots of changes happen because our world is nothing like their world, uh, including, um, you know, that Ken discovers much to his surprise and to his pleasure that men run everything. Well, allegedly men run everything here versus the Barbie world, you know, where women run everything. So that was very exciting for Ken. And this opens up his eyes to a whole different world that is, you know, in, I, I'm thinking for him, it must have been equal and opposite, almost like an inverted Barbie world. Like the upside down, you know. Yeah, well, and I and I and I find it fascinating. Also, um, the various things that happen to him along the way, like trying to understand what a job really is when his job had been beach. Right. right? Yeah. Like yeah. I, I know he keeps going down level and level, and and feels like he should get a job just for being a man. And they kind of explain that yes, but you have to be <laughs> subtle and hide it. Like we can't be so blatant. Yeah. But you're basically yeah. right. But yeah. I love the argument with the lifeguard where he's finally just trying to get a job on a beach and he doesn't <laughs> yeah. understand what a lifeguard is, right? And he's right. just like, yeah. just give me a job. My job is beach. And he's right. just stared at like, <laughs> like yeah. what are you doing? So, he has no skills. <laughs> yeah. No, they did, yeah. Not, they did not train him in Barbie world for life in the real world for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, in Barbie world, the water isn't real, so you can't drown. So there's no point in the lifeguard. <laughs> yeah, so there really is only yeah. the beach. So that is your job. Yeah, yeah. That, that, is, that is true. Uh, but, you know, it, it is it is this interesting situation where, you know, as, you, as we talked about before in a comedy, you know, you're seeing you know, people's eyes are being opened to brand new ideas. You know, and I think a lot of the theme of this movie is really about exploration and, you know, create in a lot of ways being exposed to other ideas and critically thinking about them because none of the character, none of the um, Barbie land characters really critically think about anything. You know, they kind mm -hmm. of accept their reality as it exists or they accept new ideas and then take them on completely, you know, as, as we'll talk about uh, the changing of Barbie land as Ken brings mm -hmm. back the patriarchy to Barbie land. Uh, but I want to talk about to finish up on the pocket worlds here. I want to get to Mattel. Um, because it seems like I don't really understand how Mattel works because it's not really based in reality. It's not really weird like Barbie world. It's its own thing and it exists there. I don't really quite understand what's going on here. Well, I think it's a connecting world, Dan. And if we mentioned like a you know, train station, think, uh, sure, like a train station. I was going to go a different okay. way, but we'll take a train station. Okay. You know, it is clearly the connection between Barbie world and our world. It's where that manipulation is occurring. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, the pathway is long and it takes you through Venice Beach, but ultimately it is the center of it. And I think the box in the office, right, where they're going to rebox Barbie is kind mm -hmm. of a key element of understanding the Mattel world, right? That okay. they have this ability to influence because Barbie at this point is not truly human. 
right? We mm-hmm. know yeah. we know from everything they talk about. She she's more alive and real than she is in Barbie Land, but she's okay. not human yet fully. Um, I don't know if we want to spoil things for our viewers who haven't seen it yet. We discover fully human at the end in a in a in a very uh, clever way. So there mm-hmm. is that connecting space. It's clearly where. Um, What's her face? I just drew a blank on her name is controlling and sending thoughts to Barbie. Um, and the, Will Ferrell's character understands that connection. So it, it is that central connecting. So if I think of these brains, it's probably the conduit between the brains of the intent that goes versus the physical travel. Well, and you mentioned it, you know, Mattel isn't very far away from El, from uh, Venice Beach. They're only in El Segundo. You know, they're, they're practically neighbors. <laughs> right. So... You know, it, that that part of it makes sense that, you know, it, it's this portal that exists very close to where we see the Barbie folks pop out um, in the real world. Um, but, yeah, there's this there's this clear channeling of this knowledge. And, I, and I'm curious if if they bo- had been able to box bar classic Barbie would like a new instance of classic Barbie have popped up in the world because mm-hmm. you can't not have a classic Barbie, right? Right. Yeah. I would. I would. I think it'd be incomplete. Yeah. yeah. No. I. I think that 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 may be. So in physics, we have um, holes when particles are sort of created, and then they eventually get filled. And I think in this world, right, if a particular Barbie were to leave permanently and be boxed, you create a hole in which another Barbie of that type gets created back in Barbie world. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's also interesting because you know when you when you look at this world, right? Like they go from being in Barbie land kind of pseudo toys like they have, you know, they they like I said, they don't drink water or they, they don't take showers with water. There's nothing in their refrigerator, really. There's nothing in the boxes of milk. Uh, they But they go through the motion of using this stuff, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Then they end up in the real world, you know, Venice Beach. And all of a sudden, you know, milk cartons have milk in them, you know, uh, showers have water. And this, what I think is interesting is this is such a paradigm shift. This is a culture shock for them. You know, I mean, we could talk about how their biology changes through this just simply through the travel. But also, I mean, just the, the psychological effect of suddenly feeling an urge to drink milk. And then having milk come out of a carton, which you weren't used to, you know, I mean, I, I just really psychologically, I feel for, for all the characters in this movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be really tough to go from a world where you don't actually have to consume anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, although it'd be weird, like you have to go through the actions of consuming things. So you still have to spend the time right. to eat and drink, but you're not actually doing anything, you know. Maybe it would be nice to come to our world where you're actually accomplishing something when you're eating and drinking. <laughs> sure. Uh, instead of just going through the motions. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe that would be an improvement for Barbie's psyche uh, to actually yeah. consume rather than pretend to consume. Yeah. Well, they also don't have to. I imagine in Barbie world, they don't have to buy that stuff. Like one carton of milk like lasts you for your life. You know, That's there's true. no there's no water bills. <laughs> you know, like it's 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 not it's not all bad. You know, it may yeah. not be perfection, but they got they got some things right. Let's say that. Yeah. <laughs> so there's know. no meter reader Barbie. <laughs> no meter reader Barbie. <laughs> no, no. Uh, which maybe there should be. You know, let's get the whole spectrum of jobs going on here. Uh, but you know, speaking of that, you know what I'd like about the the this particular movie is, you know, they talk about how Ken goes to the real world, and he sees that it works very differently than Barbie Land, and very much to his favor. 
You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of power dynamics in this movie that I think are at play. And, and I love that he takes this idea of the patriarchy and horses. Horses are somehow directly tied to masculinity. <laughs> and he decides to take that masculinity and bring it to Barbie land uh, in, you know, a completely, you know, wild uh, philosophical change to Barbie land. I happen to really enjoy this part where, you know, Ken's wearing fur coats and they're watching horses and probably sports and all the Barbies are treating them, you know, like uh, like real men. I enjoyed this part. And to me, this was the biggest improvement on Barbie land I think we see in the movie. Yeah. You know, Dan, I'm very disturbed by many things at this point. Yeah. Not the least. Suddenly you're fetish with fur. I know we had the <laughs> issue of my concern with fire and blowing things up. I, yeah. I will much more concerning. Much more concerning, but, by the way. But you, we've gone from fur underwear to fur vests. Um, fur coats. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned here. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's interesting because this was the part I found. I found it very, very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I particularly found his struggle with naming his house particularly funny, mm-hmm. um, but it, it was interesting. Um, I'm, I, I do not quite have your um, love of fur, Dan. There were parts of this what about that horses? I found way more disturbing can, than you can actually. I you, can I sell I, you I like the horses? horses. Yeah. The horses were okay, but yeah. like, yeah, there were other aspects that were a little more disturbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's so tough because to to go from running the world to just serving beer to your Kens, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like an ideal situation um, in the reverse. Like, it's rough. But I'm all, to tie it back for a second, I'm also so curious, like, how is it that the the Barbie, the change in Barbie land is feeding back to the real world? Mm-hmm. So, because they're they're making the, the Ken dream house. I forget what ridiculous name he had for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, but it makes me so curious is, is the, is the Ken we see actually pushing these changes back or has something happened at Mattel where they're dreaming somehow patriarchy has gotten into Mattel itself and that's what's causing these changes in Barbie land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're connected. And this and I think what you're what you're really talking about here is the strange connection between the worlds, you know, like things yeah. are flowing in both directions somehow. Information Somehow, is being yeah. passed back and forth because it is crazy because, you know, Ken suddenly becomes very popular with with boys and now they're selling, you know, Ken dolls. They're, they're flying off yeah. the shelves like that's a really interesting twist that something in this imagine, you know, imagination powered pocket dimension is affecting our reality. So, yeah. you know, I think, Dan, this goes to, you know, we mentioned our ability to provide um, the universal law of physics, right? The unified theory of anything. Mm-hmm. And when I look at this world, I, it really is the intenton, is the mm-hmm. particle right. that controls mm. things. And and if you think about it, it's interesting. In the first part of the movie, the intention is all driven by the Barbie players and designers. Mm-hmm. So their mm-hmm. intention dominates. Neither Ken nor Barbie in their world has any intention. They are just living their world. Right. Okay. Okay. Now, death sneaks into Barbie's mind. So she has a new intention, which is to figure out death. And it is her intention that gets her to our world. Ken has the intention of staying with Barbie. So he comes along. Mm -hmm. Will Mm -hmm. Farrell's character panics. He has the intention of fixing Barbie land. So he's able to travel. Mm -hmm. 
Ken mm-hmm. comes back and his intention is to institute the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. So he is able to actually, because the intent on works in both directions, influence our world. Right. Okay. Okay, I'm with you. Barbie comes back and she now has the intention of making the world better for everyone. And mm-hmm. particularly, um, Ferrara, how do you say, I, I'm really bad American with American Ferrara. Ferrara, thank you. Ferrara has the intention of fixing all things to be better as well. So right. their combined intention, mm-hmm. and then at the very end, the creator of Barbie has an intention that Barbie also has, and Barbie ends up back in our world living that intention. So yes. everything is governed by the intent on. It is wow. the particle that controls this world in all aspects, Dan. Um, and I, I, I do want the Nobel Prize for that. I think you should be nominating me. <laughs> well, I do think it was Albert Einstein who said the road to hell is paved with, you know, so maybe Barbie Land <laughs> is actually tons, hell. Yeah, yeah it's part, paved with <laughs> intentons. Yeah. So uh, maybe this is maybe one of these two places is hell or heaven. Uh, I can't tell which is which. I think that's the Mattel Corporation, perfect, personally. May, but. May, maybe it is. Uh, <laughs> it, it, very, it very well could be. And I do have to say, you know, once the patriarchy takes over Barbie land, you know, classic Barbie, their plan to take everything back and restore order or at least attempt, at equilibri- e- attempt equilibrium, I think that plan would really work. I think yeah. you know, distracting the Kens and then reprogramming oh, yeah. the Barbies. Um, there's a. I think that that's based in actual science. Yeah. No. That that was certainly the most real part of the movie is uh, <laughs> getting all the Kens to have a fight over uh, who should be in charge. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> look, history has given us lots of ways uh, to battle these types of things. And, you know, uh, Barbie decided to bring back a little bit of her own knowledge, which, which I thought was, yeah. was a lot of fun. Uh, I will say, you know, here's what's interesting about this philosophically before we go to the heirs editions on a mission section. I did find it interesting that this movie is about equality. Right. It's really about, you know, at the end, the message is we should all understand each other a little bit better. And I found it to be a really effective way to say this. You know, I actually really enjoyed this in the movie. But I will say that once the Barbies take back Barbie land from the Kendom, you know, they don't give Ken a seat on their Supreme Court. You know, uh, because they said that they would as soon as Ken's or Barbie's have as much power in the real world, uh, then the Ken's would get that equal amount of power there. And this, you know, this is women there, the matriarchy wielding that power, which is true that even whether you're a cartoon, whether you're a human being in the real world or whether you're a plastic Barbie in the Barbie world, Hanging on to power is key, and that is really the driving force uh, to anything. You know, so I don't think even the Barbies are interested in equality. I think that is just a marketing tactic that they use, just like we use it here in the real world. So I was actually impressed that everything's the same <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, and and Dan, again, as the team player here, you know, I, I recognize your cynicism and your expectation of the apocalypse. Yes. Um, I, I saw this slightly differently. I saw it as the building block to bringing the team together and well, understanding that when you have intentons flowing in both directions, mm-hmm. you have to build equilibrium in the two worlds or your intentons are always going to be out of balance. You yeah, can't yeah. achieve it in one world unilaterally they have Mm -hmm. to come together it's sort of like water finding its own level Mm -hmm. um it's all physics Mm -hmm. and in the end really we know what it comes down to is the behavior of foam 
Right. Um, well, because that say- is the one FGG reference I've not been able to make yet. <laughs> uh, well, I, since I'm the one in charge, I'm going to cut you off right there because uh, this is not, we are not a democracy. Uh, so if you, you can put your foam in our errors, additions, and omissions section. Right. Uh, things we didn't talk about, but you didn't want to, that we now get a chance to. I almost miffed that. Uh, Denon, anything you wanted to talk about besides foam or any counter argument to my love of the patriarchy that we didn't quite get to? Well, the one thing we did not get to is I think um, my kids always ask me, Dad, what's your favorite thing? What's your favorite this? What's your favorite that? And I hate having favorites. I usually can't decide. Mm -hmm. Things are in different categories. I may have my close to one of my favorite ever jokes in a movie, and that is the mini fridge joke because (laughs) the mini fridge (laughs) is such an evil thing. Like, I don't understand, you know, what what the heck is going on with that little freezer in the mini fridge. Never could deal with it. It only got in the way. it's a close tie between the mini fridge joke and in the rebooted Muppet movie when they actually use a modem that beeps while they're trying to travel and connect to the internet map. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Those two references to things in my life that have caused me trouble, mm-hmm. I personally find hysterical. There will be a time where that becomes a dated reference and no one will laugh at that joke. But for now, it, it, it is top of my line. We might we might be there, but I think we might be coming close to that point in time. Then. Yeah. We might be coming close, but I'm still laughing. Uh, what about you, Ben? Uh, yeah, I know you refuse to laugh, but is there anything about this that you wanted to talk about that we didn't quite get to? Well, I, th- I think the the there's some truth in in what we see in the movie here that there's a connection between the wild Barbie world, El Segundo, and Venice Beach, mm-hmm. <laughs> and somehow that craziness that wildness mm-hmm. of of barbie land is is leaking into our real venice beach and <laughs> if i have any problem with this movie uh-huh. it's that they're getting strange looks on the beach uh in their original outfits and i'm thinking no one not, no one would look twice at them no. uh like that on venice beach there's far wilder costumes out there uh <laughs> And people would be you know, wondering where they it, got them. I think where they, where they yeah, yeah, they'd be wondering, what where shop? did you get that awesome outfit? I want one. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I, I think there's this interesting mix of consumerism and clear influence of Barbie land. And it's clearly manifest manifested in our real Venice beach right here in our neighborhood in Los Angeles. I, I think you might be right, which is, which is kind of scary that we have that connection, but it's there, Ben. I think it's there. You know, a couple of things that, that I thought were interesting, the discontinued dolls in this, they were actually dolls. I'm going to put a, a link up to all of the dolls, including Pregnant Barbie, uh, Growing Up Skipper, uh, Video Girl Barbie, Earring Magic Ken, uh, Palm Beach Sugar Daddy Ken, <laughs> and Midge and Alan. They were all real discontinued. Barbies. Uh, this movie opens with, you know, one of the I, I refuse to get political on this show or any show that I do, but I will say that I cannot stand the Citizens United um, he, uh, the the, uh, the Citizens United case, and they make an excellent anti-Citizens United argument in this right at the top of the show to their Supreme Court, which I was very impressed with. Uh, it was a very <laughs> funny way to start this. And on the other side of that, I have to say that they make a joke in this about how there aren't any women on this, the board of directors for Mattel, and that just isn't true. It's actually mostly women uh, on, the, on the actual board of directors for Mattel. So get your get your facts right. Stop spreading misinformation, Barbie movie. Uh, and by the way, the Kendom is such a great name. That is that is that is really funny. So, uh, and if you if there's anything that you wanted to talk about that we missed, get, you can get in touch with us. The show is on social media. We're on Facebook at FGGBTPod. 
We are on Facebook at FGGBT, our website, FGGBT.com. And of course, you can send us a, uh, an email, questions at FGGBT.com. But you can get in touch with us individually. Denon, where can people find you? Well, people can find me on most of the social media. Um, just flip my name at Denon Michael on Facebook. You got to stick a prof in at Prof Denon Michael. My website's denonmichael.com. Um, if you do go old school and try and find me on YouTube, I did that so long ago. It's actually Michael Denon um, is is my YouTube channel where you can find the physics of X, where X is everything except politics. Because like you, Dan, politics scares me. <laughs> It should, and you you did this so so long ago that I think there were dial up modems, right? Is that yes, there that, were. That's when I started on YouTube with dial up that, modems that long ago. Yes. Uh, what about you, Ben? Uh, where can people find you? You can reach me on all the major social media networks at B Seepser. How do you spell that? Spell that B S I E P S E R. And I can be found on Twitter at Daniel J. Glenn, on Instagram at the Daniel J. Glenn, on Facebook at Analytical Mastermind. And I have a website, DanielJGlenn.com. And if you're listening to this episode, you're only getting part of the experience. Check out our video version on YouTube.com forward slash Daniel J. Glenn. But if you are listening on your favorite podcast platform, please rate, review and subscribe. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe, and ring that bell so you never miss an episode. And finally, this show contains powerful information that could be misused by those hell-bent on taking over the Barbie or the real world. So take this information and do good with it. Remember, you always want to be a superhero, never a supervillain. So until next time, thank you for listening. Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies is a Glencoe production and is produced by me, Daniel J. Glenn. The Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies introduction was produced by Daniel J. Glenn and Paul Springers with music and sound design written and performed by Paul Springers. Now, of course, if you're listening to this episode and you've gotten this far, you're going to want to subscribe. Well, how do you do that? We're on all the major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. But if you're not already subscribed to those platforms, I made it easy for you. Go to our website, fgbt.com. You'll find links to those subscribe buttons and also links to our social media, both for the show and for our individual experts, the members of the Brain Trust. That's all right there fgbt.com and before you leave don't forget to check out our other episodes you can find the link at the top of the page for everything we've got and you'll notice that we've got both a youtube version and an audio only version depending on what you like we got it for you and if you do like those videos you can go ahead and subscribe to those as well we're on youtube.com backslash daniel j glenn and once again if you like this show you're gonna like everything that i do go to danieljglenn.com to find out more thank you for listening